All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Patio Slave Podcast. I'm here with my co-hosts, as always, Anthony and Tony. And uh, we were just celebrating Jim Carrey's birthday a little while ago. And I just thought of it in my head. There's no better place to nerd out than the Potty Sleep Podcast. I thought you were going family guy. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> isn't giggity. that McConaughey? That's McConaughey, isn't it? Yeah, who the hell are we talking about here? <laughs> McConaughey, <laughs> McConaughey into Jim Carrey. <laughs> Man. Oh, gosh. Shoot into Quagmire. Giggity. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing well. I appreciate you asking. Uh, <laughs> we don't even know uh, what number episode this is because we're recording it early and you'll hear it later. I'm being meta right now. Everybody out there, we typically give you the number. We're, this is past 100. So if you're, you're still with us, hey, we're crushing it. We're past the 100 mark. And uh, this is probably right around our two-year anniversary as well. So yep. pretty pretty stoked, man, to, that we've continued to do this for two years and had a blast doing it. And I don't I don't want to stop. You guys, You guys around for more? Oh, I'm in for more. And, and I think if you've, if you heard episode hundred, I mean, that's, that's what happens when you kind of get some traction and you, you start interviewing folks and you know, it just, it's a snowball effect and we're here for it. And, you know, maybe for episode 200, we'll do something like that in person. Just have a uh, gathering, gathering of the, <laughs> gathering of the, of the juggalos. Yes. Gathering of the vibes. <laughs> the vibes. <laughs> just have a big gathering. Just invite everyone to our house and just, have a big house show and then record some pods and who knows i'm in yeah everybody will show up i hope that'd be that'd be cool <laughs> no yeah, one they'll shows be, they'll be like, scott russo probably won't but everybody else <laughs> everyone's like fuck those guys then i i'm not <laughs> it's cool it's like you me nate spose uh toby McAllister, rob all the, That's about it. <laughs> all the main Sean guys and seth. shout out trawl Sean and seth yeah <laughs> lauren might come by yeah some local lauren might, yeah she might she might Yep. It's the Patio Slave yearbook signing. I love it. So what are we doing tonight, boys? We got a, we got what? Band Vantage album edition. So mm-hmm. a few weeks back, we did Bandicap album edition where you heard, you know, Our Lady Peace and Guns N' Roses and who else was in there? Oh, man. There were there were some good ones. I can't even remember. Oh, now the that you Vandals. Asked. I'm thinking of, the, you know, some of those album titles. Helmet Size Matters. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, this is the reverse of that. These are album titles that elevate the album, elevate the band. So basically a the yin to that yang. Yeah, and we've done this with the the band names themselves. We originally did, right, we did. Bandicap way back in in the teens and then Band Vantage also way back there too. There's a yin to yang for all of it, right? So we did mm-hmm. the albums, now let's do the the Band Vantage albums, the ones that we think fit the band and elevate the band and make the music maybe that much more meaningful to us nerds. Great point. More meaningful. And I think that's a theme for all, for, for a couple of mine, but definitely yep. elevate it. Definitely elevate the the whole album experience. Yep. And as always, we come here not knowing each other's picks and uh, it's, it's always an interesting exercise because you're trying to look at this, you know, at third person. Like, I don't know this album cover. I don't know this band, this name, this album, but you're like, trying to look at it with fresh eyes, which is, I want to say difficult, but in some cases helpful. But, um, you know, I try, I try to almost stay away from what I know, but you circle back to, you know, what is conducive to not only the topic, but you, you ignore the fact that you're, you know, you're accustomed to the band and the, the album set album. So it's a great point. Uh, bo- both of those points is great. 
Yeah, if you're if you're new mm. to the podcast, when we do these type of episodes, we do not tell each other what we're picking. So this is new for the two other people. It's new for the listeners, uh, except when we tease the, <laughs> tease the episode with uh, visuals and stuff. We we kind of give some of it away, oh, but but um, yeah, you're right. You kind of get caught up in if if you know the album. Sometimes you need to take take a step back and be like, all right, shit, yeah. And and that actually came up for one of these albums for sure. That was I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, that is that album title slays. Yep. And it's not Slayer's mm-hmm. Rain of Blood. No. <laughs> Which also slays, <laughs> right. literally. All right. So before we get started on the on the main segment, I have a game for you guys. Are you ready for this game? Hell yeah. yeah. So ready. Let's do it's it. It's called Band Names, Real or Fake. <laughs> I love it. I figured this would make sense with the the band album name theme episode. Uh, We've talked about bandy caps numerous times in this episode. We've gone through festival lineups and found band names. We're like, what the hell is that? And how do they even get traction Uh, on our anticipation episode? I think it was, we talked about wet leg, (laughs) like being this like up and coming, uh, you know, pitchforky type band. And it's just, it led me to think I'm going to make up some names and then I'm going to find some real ones. And I'm going to throw them at you guys and see if you can tell the difference. So we'll see how you guys do. Any questions before we get started? Uh, no questions, but the fake ones, you should probably register in your name so you can get some profit off of. Let's make the websites. Will- yeah. Can yeah. you use the name in a sentence, please? Country of origin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can probably do both. Yes. All right. So I'll give you the first one. I think I've got, let's see, how many do I have here? I probably have about 15. Nice. Band name, real or fake? Honey Dijon. Real. I feel like I've heard this. I, I like maybe it's just I'm just thinking of that. I don't know. I I feel like I've seen this before. I'm gonna say so real. You think it's real? You both think it's real? Yeah, it's but real. similar to Twan, I think I saw it somewhere recently. It's real. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Otherwise, if I hadn't seen it recently, I'd say no, fake. That's bullshit name. No offense. All right, I got one. <laughs> Parmesan peppercorn. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, how many? How many? Salad dressings can we name? Thousand Creamy Islands. Thousand Islands. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're Thousand Islands from South Portland, Maine. <laughs> All right, we're already off the rails. We are Buttermilk Ranch <laughs> from San Diego, California. Oh, man. All right, we ready for another one? Real or fake? Yes. Yeah. Table leg. One word. No way. Hard no. Mm, I'm going to go fake on this one as well. It's fake. I made that one up. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's too close to wet leg. <laughs> one, leg. <laughs> one, le- one word. Yeah, it's one word. Table, all one word, table leg. Uh, all right. In similar fashion, one word, Kendall. I feel like I've seen that, but I could be full of shit as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm going fake. All right. Tuan real, Nate fake. Yeah. All right, it's a real band name. Kendall is a real band name. Wow. Yep. Bar- Barbie, whatever, didn't want anything. Good for merchandising, I guess. Real or fake? Purple turkey. <laughs> Gotta be fake. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go fake. I'm, it's a cringeworthy name to say out loud. So. <laughs> yeah, but that's the that's the Are point. Are you buying right? I mean, purple turkey that. merch? No, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're not. You you might. Uh, purple turkey fake. I made purple turkey up. Yep. Oh man. All right, real or fake? Alaska, Alaska. Hmm. Fake. I feel, I feel like it's too bizarre for you to make that up, so it's real. 
It's real. Alaska, wow. Alaska, real band. So good they didn't name it. Uh, and caveat to this, and I probably should have said this at the beginning. I don't know. We don't know any of these bands for the most part. We're not knocking the music. We just find the band names to be kind of funny and wanted to see if anybody thought they were real or not. And I'll double down on that. There's bands that I love with a name suck. You know what I mean? There's it, oh, it, totally. it happens and it just is what it is. It's a fun, it's a fun exercise. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good full dis- disclosure. I'm a big Pearl Jam fan, so I'll give you that right. as that. You know, when they were Mookie Blaylock, band. which is a person before that. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Real or fake? Disgruntled gentleman. Um, I want to say fake, but I'm going to say real just because I'm I'm striking out over here. I'm going to go the same. I think it's real. It's fake. I made that one up. Oh, wow. Oh, no shit. <laughs> I made that one up. <laughs> All right. Real or fake? Talking plants. That's fake. You made that. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I'm really thinking about it is crazy. I'm going to go fake, yeah. Yeah, it's fake. I made that one <laughs> That's not a bad, that one, for whatever reason, I'm like, that's actually not a bad band. <laughs> I'm having way too much fun with this. Um, and actually, right. a question Real- for you. Did you fact check, like, these made-up ones? Because they could be, like, if, I, I probably should probably have. some local band, <laughs> Talking Plants. They're listening. Yeah. They're pissed. You know what I hope? I hope if you're listening out there and you're thinking about naming your band and you want to name your band Talking Plants, please go ahead. Just add us. <laughs> Just give us right? the credit for the name. <laughs> Real or fake? Emo night. Well, I know emo night's like a, a thing. Like it's it, it's an actual night and you know, nightclubs or whatever. They have emo nights. Mm-hmm. Is it a band name? Uh prob- I'm gonna say no. Fake. Nate, real or fake? I'm gonna say yes. Real. It's real. It's a real band name. Oh nice. Oh, wow. Ooh, a win. All right, a few more here. Real or fake? Green Skittle. Oh my god. I'm gonna go fake on this one, mainly because of the copyright infringement with Skittle. I'm going to go fake. It's, I mean, yeah. it's just Skittle. It's not Skittles. It's oh, fake. Okay. It's fake. I made that up. <laughs> green M&M, though. Four yeah, Musketeers. M&M. No. My, my wife, yeah, right. My wife wanted me to go green M&M, and I was like, that's too derivative. You're right, though, but it's too derivative. All right. Real or fake? Crumb. Gotta be real. <laughs> Wait, can you spell it? Yeah, C-R-U-M-B. <laughs> Crumb. 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 Debut, debut. <laughs> yeah, debut. <laughs> Home Depot. <laughs> um, Ampla go... Theater. Ampla. Oh, God damn. <laughs> so crumb isn't crumb like from all uh, our real monsters? Crumb <laughs> might be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is it real or fake? That's the question. <laughs> oh, man, I'm gonna go fake on this one, although it's viable. Twan. It's real. That's gotta be real. It's a real band name. Oh, okay. Shit. All right. Let's see. I've got a, I've got about a few more. Two. Let's go. Let's do two more. Yeah. yeah. Works. All right. Real or fake? Cat emoji. Fake. I mean, that's like a pitchfork fest or Coachella, like deep in the line. It has to be real. It's fake. I made it no. up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Real or fake? Motherfolk. Oh man, fake. I'm going real. It's real. It's real. Wow. And our last one, it's a bonus. Th- these are two band names. One is real and one is fake. Flock of Dimes or Flock of Nickels? Dimes is real. Hmm. I'm going to agree with Juan. Yeah, Flock of Dimes. Dimes is real. Nickels flows, is fake. It flows better. <laughs> it's still a weird name. Uh, all right, I'll all do right, one. I'll do one. Fun. You got one? All right. Yeah. 
Uh, Nickelback. <laughs> Real. Real. <laughs> Wait, the tribute pin? Oh, no. <laughs> the one I didn't use that I made up, Hippo Parade. Oh, God. Oh, man. That's actually Wolf a good Parade one. sister band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Hippo Parade. No, that was fun. I enjoyed making those up. I enjoyed uh, reading them to my wife the other night and to you guys right now. It really shows you that anything is viable. I mean, right? The, the art speaks for itself. If you have a shitty band name or at least in our eyes, but you go on Spotify and see the metrics. We're always, we're, we're getting old, man. Not going to lie. We're not in touch. <laughs> I intentionally didn't look at the Coachella lineup because I, you, I knew we were going to do this. I pulled some from there. Yeah, I pulled some from there. I pulled some from Bonnaroo. It's the easiest place to find a bunch of band names that don't make sense. So, yeah. <laughs> Bandicap, Hippo Parade. Oh, that's a fun one. All right. We ready for, we want to do the main segment? Yeah. Bandicap album, a dish. A band vantage. Yeah, band vantage. Oh, what did I album say? A dish. Bandicap. Jeez, I'm, band li- vantage. I'm, I'm living in the past here. Band vantage. So these elevate the yeah. band. Okay. Shit, I got to redo my list. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I'll lead off. I got one for you. Nice. 2002, Underground Hip Hop. Probably my favorite record from this duo. One that got me into them. I think it was the first one I ever bought. And uh, I think I've seen, I know I've seen them with you, Nate, a, a couple times. I think, Twan, you might have been in a, one or two of them as well. Any thoughts? Any guesses? God I guess. loves yep. ugly. Yes, sir. Is that yeah. you going to guess that, Nate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Atmospheres, God loves ugly, uh, all one word, I believe. Man, the track, the title track is so is so great too. It's kind of emo underground hip hop, and at the time when this came out, I was I think I found it about a year after it came out. I was a freshman in college. It came out when we were in high school, and I was way into the feeling of this record, and the name just felt right. I was like, I'm by myself. All my friends went to college. I'm stuck at home. And I'm I'm just like looking for music to connect with. And I walked into Bull Moose one day and they were playing Lucy Ford, which is a record before this from Atmosphere. And I was like, man, I like this. I like the flow. I like the storytelling aspect. I'm going to go over to the, the CD bins and see if I can't find something by Atmosphere. And sure enough, right, on front, right up front, there was uh, God Loves Ugly because it had been out for about a year and it was fairly new. So I, I grabbed that, put it in my CD player. And it hasn't really left since. That's a record I've listened to probably at least twice a year for 20 years. And I think the name, listen to the title track and it fit, you'll understand why the name works for the record. And the rest of the record's phenomenal. It's just a great underground hip hop record that really fits the kind of emo-y vibes that they were going for at the time. So God Loves Ugly by Atmosphere is my first pick, Band Vantage. I love that. I love the story behind it too, because it's so specific to how you discover music in a record store, thankfully to the music or record store sommelier playing something over the the PA, you know, that ha- they have good taste and you kind of get drawn to something that you had no idea about. Like it's not radio. It's not, you know, it's not uh, being shoved down your throat. So you found it organically in a nerd atmosphere, no pun intended, well, I guess pun intended and discovered this new artist, which from what I recollect is one of your all time favorite artists, Right. Especially around this time. Yeah. I mean, mm. I like the stuff recently, but I I don't vibe with it the same way I did when this came out and I was that age. Yeah. And it's the era. So it makes sense. Additionally, any band band's album name that has the name uh, or word God in it, for whatever reason, kind of you, it, it draws you in because it's such a unique word. It's like sex, sex, God, anything that has some 
significance beyond its word in you know multiple dimensions you're like okay what is what is this god loves ugly is super perplexing because it's ugly and god in the same sentence so yeah i can see that and i and i agree with you i think it's a great pick it, it, it's a great album and i think it's an album that it, so if they went with a different name mm-hmm. it's an album that could overcome a bad name but this just elevates it now is there a title track this is yeah it's the the title track is god loves ugly and it's probably the it might be my favorite atmosphere track if it's not my favorite it's in top 3 and this just so we're level setting, this is the album with slug on the cover yep yeah looking real young oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah 20 years 20 ago, years man. ago fuck damn yeah <laughs> we all looked really young 20 years ago <laughs> so when we when we said we were going to do this episode like how soon did this come into your purview like this album I went gut feeling for like three records or three bands that I knew had records that I would, would work. This is probably the second one I thought of. Yep. It's a great pick. It's another one that kind of like with um, Beastie Boys a few weeks back with the um, mm-hmm. bucket list bands. Like I never would have, I never would have thought, thought of them. This is a record I never would have thought of. And honestly, I never even thought really much of the title until now. It's just like, oh, Atmosphere has an album called God Loves Ugly. Never thought of the meaning, never thought of how it ties into maybe the theme of the album or even what it meant, but it's, it hits. It does yeah. hit. And Ugly is used throughout the record in different different instances. It really does kind of tie tie everything together as far as what's going on with the record. It's not a concept album per se, but there's a lot of feelings going on with this record, and it's... I think it's a flawless underground hip hop record. I'm not sure there's a mess on there. It's just so good. Yeah, I agree with you. And and I know what you're talking about. Obviously, I'm a fan. So the whole ugly narrative throughout the album, it's actually not even supposed to be ugly as the words defined. It's like ugly, you're so ugly, you're so ugly. It's more of, I don't even know what the meaning is, but it seems like it's more like ugly is real rather than ugly is, you know, not visually appealing. So yeah, man. And I think I agree with you also as this is being a quintessential you know, underground hip hop milestone. It's just, there's nothing that I can put on the same pedestal for backpack uh, hip hop. You know, this is just like the goat in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And it's like right in the middle of a four album run for them. That is just phenomenal for me. So, and mm-hmm. very, something that I spent a lot of time with, you know, from 19 or 2003 to 2010, 11. Uh, and I still love them. I just, that era fits me growing up as a, a you know a young adult and and the music that that kind of shaped me then so let's look at the album cover he cro- they have a word crossed out what is mm-hmm. that word loves he spells it wrong so you read yeah yep. oh that's yeah, like l o l o e s l o yeah right right huh yep and a big mugshot of slug or sean daly good pick man good way to start Great us pick. off nate you want to yeah you want to jump in Hell yeah. Hells to the yeah. I got one. This band I discovered from the artwork of this album, actually, dropped in 1991, May 14th, 1991, to be specific. That's not when I discovered it. I'd say I'd probably found this album in like 1999-ish. The band is Primus. The album name is Sailing the Seas of Cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Amazing album name. It's already a pretty complex name Primus and then putting sailing the seas of cheese. You really don't know what you're in for. 
And even if you listen to the album, it doesn't add up. I can imagine a record label exec being like, I don't know what this is. I don't know how we're going to promote this, but your name's weird. Your album name is weird. So just because it's all around weird, I guess this kind of works. So I guess we'll release it and just see what happens. You know, Jerry was a race car driver was the kind of the main lead off single. You have Tommy, the cat, <laughs> the Dan blue collar tweakers is another single off this album. Yeah. Great album. Great band. Les Claypool obviously is the kind of frontman for this band. Amazing kind of legendary bass, bass guitar player. Yeah. I just, it just stood out to me because of that name sailing the seas of cheese. Like I always have these like food references, like Kevin Bacon. A lot of people love Kevin Bacon. Like there's a good uh, Jim Gaffigan joke, like, oh, Kevin Bacon. I don't, man, I like the name. I like bacon. So I guess I'll check out the movie. Some, like Butter <laughs> similar Miracle. To, like Counting Crows, Butter Miracle. Yeah, right. Exactly. I think of the same thing. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's a comfort level with the food aspect. So yeah, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, let alone the album cover alone, drew me in. So this is uh, my first pick. I was going to poke at you and joke around that this is the Band Vantage uh, episode, not the band, yeah, right? not the Bandicap, Bandicap episode, but... um. It makes you think. It it does draw like I think we I mentioned this half dozen times. It's the whole butthole surfers effect where yeah, it's, totally. It's so bad that it intrigues you. It's like what could that possibly sound like? I'm in though. Sailing the seas of cheese and the album artwork. I've seen this for years and years. I'm looking at it right now. It's intriguing. It's like visually, it's appealing. But how about sonically? I now I'm interested. And. The, it fits the band. It elevates the band as to what they are, right? I mean, it's totally like Les Claypool, Primus. You might get a little funky. You might get a little weird. You might get a little, you know, virtuosic. It's it's all of that. With when you hear when you think about Primus, so uh, good pick, man. I think you're right. It, it at first glance you think Bandicap that doesn't work, and then when you dig a little deeper, you're like, oh no no, that's a band vantage. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a weird dynamic. It's almost like you have to be a fan of the band to understand. Like you're like, oh, Primus, sailing the seas of cheese. And then you listen to the record, you're like, oh, at all. It would be weird if it was like Primus, like, I don't know, self-titled or, or I guess that would work, but like Primus, the Black Stallion or something. It'd be like, ah, but no, the sailing the seas of cheese, like that's coming straight out of Les Claypool's weird brain, you know? So it works. All right, let, let's shout out Seth. Seth from Troll, big oh, yeah. Primus yep. guy. Let us know, Seth, yep. is this a band vantage or is this a, a bandy cap as far as uh, sailing the seas of cheese? Does it elevate the album or does it pull it, pull it back? Seth will have thoughts. Good call. Good pick. Yeah, they, are the, they are the quintessential funk metal band, Primus. All right, we ready for my... Uh... Let's do it. Yep. So, I mean, you, you guys have listened to me do this enough. I love to tease these. This will be no exception. All right, I'm going to... I'm going to have us set the stage a little bit. Let's try to time travel. The year is 1987. So what's going on in 87? You get a lot of power pop. You get the outfield. You get a lot of that glossy stuff, the cars. Then hair metal is popping off, right? Then this band comes into play, and everything about them is a cheat code. The band name, the album name, one of the first singles, the band members' names, uh, Geffen Records promotion engine just rolled out an amazing product with this. I'm going to get into it right now. With band, band members named Axel fucking Rose. Right. Slash. Oh, okay. The shredder guitarist named Slash. 
a band name <laughs> called Guns and Roses. Like they're checking. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I think it was the second. I actually thought it was the first single. It's the second single. Welcome to the Jungle. Like what? <laughs> yep. And the album Appetite for Destruction. It is fucking perfect. And it's not an album that needs help from the album title. The album stands on its own. We all know that. But that album title, it takes this album to another stratosphere, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. th- it's so good that I think the album could have sucked. And that album title, I think, could have carried it. And to channel this back to the other episode we did, Bandicap, I picked them because of the Spaghetti Incident. Like, imagine if this album oh, was yeah. called Spaghetti Incident. It wouldn't have hit the same. Yeah. I think it would have been weird, <laughs> right? Yeah. Imagine if it was called Selling the Seeds of Cheese. Right. Or- <laughs> <laughs> but I think, God damn, this album title and uh, the imagery, the whole the whole product was executed brilliantly. I'd love to know how much of that was the band, how much was, you know, A&R or their management and Geffen, but, and they found a way to kind of screw it up down the road, but a little bit, but damn, I think this is one of the all time album titles. You're right. Everything about it screams band vantage, right? Uh, Band member names, uh, album title name, band name. It all fits what they did. Mm. And you're right. This is a perfect album title for what that album was. And that album's fucking immaculate. It's a great record. We're not reinventing the wheel by saying Appetite for Destruction is fucking awesome, but it is. We're trying to say the name of the the record helps elevate it. And you're right. If it had been named something different, even like say Rocket Queen, which is a song on the record, wouldn't fit the same. Or even Welcome to the Jungle would probably fit, but I'm not sure it fits as well. Right. Or self-titled. Like, you know, it just, they could have gone different routes with it, but I think they nailed it. They nailed it. Absolutely. Great record. Great call. This fits this segment perfectly. Yeah, I love it. And the the more I'm like dissecting it in my head, I'm like, there's some parallels with with mine, which is it's an action, right? So you have appetite or sorry, a feeling, appetite, and then destruction, which is like a, you know, an action. So there's like, you're, no matter what you're being transported to, to those two things, I'm trying to look at it in the realm of like, I don't know this band. I don't know this album. Like what if I was like a random shut in and someone put this album in front of me, it says appetite for destruction. I would immediately go to those two instinctual feelings and actions. Um, so it's just immediate. It's actually a really good band name. Even. So if you were a shut in it, you just start breaking stuff in your house. <laughs> yeah. Destruction, <laughs> appetite, hungry. Ah, the windows are going to be broken. I'm throwing shoes. <laughs> Fuck this. Guns, roses. Ah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think you you delivered it, or the way you described it is is spot on. I mean, it's a perfect package. There must have been a lot of work done behind the scenes to make sure this was, you know, per- perfected because they had been kind of the in the LA scene playing the whiskey and the Roxy, and they you know they didn't just come out of nowhere. It was definitely you know progression there. So I think by the time they got to Appetite for Destruction, it was like, hey, this needs to be the best it can be. The art director, everyone. Like there's no misses. If we, if anyone misses, it's going to, it could, it could sink the ship. And uh, so I think it was well thought out in a time where, you know, money was flowing and it was viable, but um, great pick, man. Absolutely. And down to the band name members, like Slash They're and characters, Axel. Right. That's, I, I missed that. Like, like Flea, totally. he's a character, mm-hmm. you know, yep. like Slash, these guys are characters, even Buckethead, you know, it's like, totally. I, I missed I miss that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Comic book style. Yeah, like the last one I can think of is Avenged Sevenfold. 
Oh, I can't M shadows. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a little much. <laughs> yeah. Not doesn't hit quite the same, I think, as this. But that's just me. I, I I'm I'd ride a little more for appetite. <laughs> totally. Good pick. And you know Great what? If pick, yeah. if you were like old enough to remember them popping off with this, like let us know. Like was did they hit on all cylinders then? Because we're kind of living in the past and it hits for us, but I'd love to know if you lived it in that moment in this new band called Guns N' Roses comes up, Welcome to the Jungle, Appetite, that whole combination, if it was if it was fresh, if it was if it hit. I'm I'm curious about that. Mm, good call. All right, round two. Round two. I mentioned this episode this uh this band and this album a couple times, I think, recently. Uh the Perfect Songs episode with Rob, I mentioned the band. And the Weezer episode, I mentioned the album. What am I talking about? Hmm. Uh, you guys don't listen to the episodes, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. I recorded bounce. The wheels are spinning, but I got nothing. Counting Crows, recovering the satellites. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I think August and Everything After obviously drops. Massive, massive record. We talked about that a little bit a couple times over the course of the, the life of the pod. Great record. One that I ride for. First one I ever owned. That is a great album title. Great first foray into the music world and then the second record is kind of the i'm sick of people knowing who i am i feel alone but trying to you know deal with the fame aspect yeah and they're recovering the satellites they were way up high when they got huge and they came back down to earth and you got to go find them pick them up and fix them and try to get back out there and i think that kind of fits the vibe of the record i mean the song the title track is great too the vibe of that song is so good. Uh, Long December on there, uh, amazing. Uh, Catapult, amazing. It's just Good Night Elizabeth is probably my favorite kind of crow song. If not favorite, it's in the top five. It's just so well built around this band and fits where they were as a band at that time in, 90, in 1996. And I think they could drop it at any point and it would have worked, but it really worked where they did drop it. And, uh, yeah, I think it's it just elevates the, the record and it elevates the band at this time. So, Nate, I think when we first kicked off this episode, you kind of mentioned that this exercise like, makes you actually think about the album title. Where, like, mm. I've always known, I, I have this album, I've, I've owned it for 25 years. I've never once thought about the meaning of it until right totally. now. You know what I mean? You just know, Recovering the Satellites, that's Counting Crow's second album or whatever. You know what I mean? You don't think about it in... Now that you give that context, it is perfect. And now, and to be honest with you, now I want to listen to it with those ears on to be like, all right, well, what are they actually talking about in the songs? Good stuff. Absolutely. No, it's like, yeah. that's like the true fandom. It's like you're in for the ride and the whole timeline of maybe Adam Dirtz as a vocalist, like you're in, you're in his diary. Like he's, that's the name. Of, yeah, that's, that is an obvious album title based on where he is in his life. So I think that's an interesting dynamic as a fan of music is if you're following it as it's, you know, unfolding, you're really part of the story, which is really cool. So you're to your point tone with that album title, like, yeah, they got huge. They just out of the gate became massive. And how do you handle that pressure or stardom as a normal dude listening to Adam through headphones or whatever, you can kind of relate with his, you know, lyricism. You you go, you're in the ebb and flow with him or the band directly or indirectly, uh, vicariously. It's very, it's an interesting journey. So similar to what Twan said, I think I'm going to listen to this album with 
a different set of ears based on on your uh, narrative just really cool nice i mean that's the point of doing these exercises too right we get to yeah bring new light for the other two and uh throw throw our kind of collective thoughts around and see what see what shakes out and that's how we end up with stuff like this that's how we end up with a band vantage idea that's how we end up with bandy cap all that fun stuff super nerdy you know what this this is this is tangent but nerdery as well like it reminds me of when sugar ray put out floor uh floored like it mm-hmm. was an accidental hit and then the album after that was 1459 you know their 15 minutes of fame were running out mm-hmm. like counting crows could have named their album 1459 and it just wouldn't right. have hit you know what i mean this, this not the same this yeah. proves the value of a fucking banging name yeah that's a great pick yeah thanks <laughs> Con- confirmed Nerdified. Nerdified and certified, baby. (laughs) All right, who's up? Nate. All right, I got one. I got one. Uh, This is a throwback to uh, September 17th of 1996. I'm a big fan of the 90s OGs, as we all know. This is an art rock, funk, country, I guess you'd say. Folk album uh, by the band Cake. So simple name. Fashion Nugget. Fashion Nugget. Fashion Nugget. Fashion I almost nugget. put this one down. Yeah. Oh, nice. All right, I'm listening because I I, w- I want to see where you go with this. <laughs> Me too. I mean, it's very digestible. So you got to think this came out '96, very formative years for music appreciation for me, and I guess for all of us. So, cake is already as simple as it gets. One word, then fashion nugget. Nugget immediately for me went to food, but it's obviously, at least based on the uh, album cover, not necessarily a nugget. It's actually like an egg. But it's so simple and it's, I don't, I, I feel like Fashion Nugget almost represents the band better than the name Cake because they're just such a dynamic band with different sounds that it ties it in. Fashion Nugget, they're like jazzy, but they're polished, but they're grungy, but they're, I mean, a lot of the times the vocalist is just talking. So I think it elevates the band, but also the music associated with this album title based on the simplicity that is cake. I mean, it's the most simple band that I can really think of. It's, it's just kind of, uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to make a a comment where the Mm -hmm. night, the nineties was the king of the two word albums. Hello, nasty fashion nugget, tragic kingdom. Like, is that a thing? Or am I just pulling that out of my ass? Melancholy and the infinite sadness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing left to no. I know, I'm color and the shape. I'm, I'm just, color, yeah, shape. I'm just, no. color shape. Exactly. The same idea. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Could be very much so the case, but yeah. Fashion nugget, uh, just takes it simple cover, simple name, simple album name. I need, I, I almost wrote this one down because I agree with you. I think this one fits the band and fits the record kind of perfectly. And I don't know that another band, I mean, probably another band could have put it out, but I'm not sure they would have put it out the right way that cake did. Uh, they have, I mean, the big songs are what the distance and I will survive. Yep. The distance is them. I will survive as a Gloria Gaynor cover, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like they put their own vibe on it. Like you love when a cover is made their own by the band. This certainly was. Uh, they obviously had a pretty big career around this time, starting with this and then moving into um, the, the records of ensued. Uh, had a bunch of radio hits that I remember, like Short Skirt, Long Jacket, Sheep Go to Heaven, Goats Go to Hell. Great song. Go listen to that if you're bored. Uh, just just cool stuff out there from those guys. But this really does kind of encapsulate them and their sound and what you're going to get. It does feel like a, here's our fashion nugget. Like, it's got everything. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's almost like a, I almost interpret it like a diamond in the rough, right? 
that 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 type of vibe. I, I think definitely. The, I think the album artwork helps, uh, w- which is great. I think it fits the music because I mean, like Smashing Pumpkins, if they named their album Fashion Nugget, it just wouldn't have wouldn't have worked. So I'm, I'm going to give you one Siamese Dream. That is a, a Smashing Pumpkins '90s two oh, word album. Go. There you there go. You go. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> validation, baby. <laughs> Oh, and actually, what I was thinking about is this is the, I think this is the second time Cakes come up, because, Tone, you brought them up in the cover. You wanted Cake to cover a certain, what song was it? Oh, you're right. When did we, oh, man, I, now I don't remember, but yes, I did bring them up, because they would have fit something. Uh, now I can't remember. I'll look it up, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Because it was uh, the Distillers covering um, You Ought to Know and Cake covering something. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Old school. We're, we're getting old and bad memories here. <laughs> tone is just always concerning because he's got it but um yeah it's the simplicity factor for cake because the band the music for me the way i approach this was you know band name does it fit the artist yes okay so what's next the album this is why we're doing this right so band vantage so fashion nugget it's also so simple but for whatever reason those words coincide with the music in my mind at least uh perfectly seamlessly because it's just such a unique band and I just can't think of many bands that are operating or delivering albums in such a simple form. And I think the album cover artwork has a lot to do with it. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think that's something I'm trying to stray away from, but it's, it's part of the whole choice factor for me. Well, I mean, it, it, I think now it, it's very tough to separate it because w- what, you know, fashion nugget as is that whole album cover. Package. Like it's the whole mm-hmm. package. Exactly. It's the whole package, man. It's been years since I've listened to this album. Italian Leather Sofa. Remember that song? <laughs> right. Uh, I, I found my notes for episode 61, but I just wrote cake, so I don't remember what I said. <laughs> we are getting old. <laughs> Was it Beastie Boys Sabotage? It could have been. It I can't been. remember. I can't remember. Yeah, go back and listen. It's episode 61. <laughs> there you go. All right, I'm going to jump in here. This is an album that dropped in 2020. Pre-pandemic, so in Q1 2020, just straight clairvoyant album, sadly. It's an album. Spanish love songs. Yes. It's an album that (laughs) Tone brought to the forefront for the, um, I was going to say three of us, but probably just two of us because Nate doesn't listen to the recommendations we give him. (laughs) Uh, But it's an album. It came up, I'm trying to think, it was in the year-end episode. It was. Yep. Yep. It was in maybe an alternate for you or top five or. I think it was top five for both of us. Well, no, I was, I didn't get into him like that then. Oh, okay. Well, I think it was, top, it was third for me, uh, but it, I, then listening to it again, I was like, I wish this was one. Like, it's such a good record. Brave Faces, everyone, right? Brave Faces, everyone. It's an album that if I could redo the 2021 rankings, I think it would be, it, it's like Hum, Deftones, Ohm, uh, Ohms, and then, and then this. It, it, it's right in there. It's that good. But uh, yeah, Brave Faces, everyone captures the essence of that album brilliantly like if you're not familiar with spanish love songs what, what label are they on are they on pure noise they're on pure that this record was on pure noise i'm not sure if they're still on pure noise yeah so just uh the the singer dylan slocum like the title track he's talking about student loan debt living back with his parents bad credit you know living paycheck to paycheck just stuff that people in their 20s might have to deal with in the whole brave faces everyone theme it's just he's coming to terms with that restlessness in his life 
and the why behind it and ultimately coming to grips with it. Like we're all, we're in this for the long haul. So brave faces, everyone buckle up. That's how I interpret it. You know, mm. put on a brave face cause we're, we're in this. And the fact that it was pre pandemic is just <laughs> right. I just remember wearing this record out in really in most of 2021. It was my most played you know, Spotify metrics, most played album of the year. Uh, but I think for this, 21 for 21. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well, 20 and 20 and, and, and 21. Yeah. Cause it dropped in what? I think February of 20. This, uh, the pandemic has been going on so long that I'm probably getting my years crossed up. It's a great record. It was, uh, it came out in 20. Right, right before the pandemic popped off. And I remember like listening to it in the gym before I was like afraid to go to the gym because of the pandemic. So yeah, it's, I love the the record before it's the one that got me into him uh, schmaltz, Uh, but, and it's, it's at the time I thought it was a bandy cap name, but I'm fine with it now. Like I just, the band is just so good. It doesn't really matter to me what they're called. I love the music they put out. Dylan's just wordplay is great. Delivery is great. It's a, it's just fun but not happy, but also cathartic at the same time. Like it does all those things. And Brave Faces Everyone is like them to the max. Totally. And he's he's honest in a way that you can't help but relate with, but you also wouldn't maybe put it out there like that. And he's mm-hmm. unapologetically, right. it, it's out there. And I just love it. If it was a different, like if they, if this was a self-titled album, I don't think it would hit the same, you know? I mean, it, yeah. it would, but it wouldn't at the same time. So true. It's hard not to, for you to, or for all of us to have kind of a personal touch on it because what you just said, Tuan, is similar to like observational humor. Like if you can relate to it, then it's automatically digestible. So for this album and the, and the name, especially with the pandemic, I think there's a different layer of, I don't know, it seems realistic based on just your surroundings and present moment. So the album stands on its own based on that. What I try to do is separate myself from everything completely, but I think ultimately we can't do that because the music is what it is and it's coming out at, you know, at the time. So well put. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what you're trying to do with an album and band name is, is capture your audience and maybe draw people in based on people that are, you know, not in the circle to, to realize, you know, what's happening in the music. And that's, that's what that album and that's what the album name is. So. I, that's Nate. All that was Nate speak for. I still haven't listened to it, guys. It'll happen someday. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Well, it, it, it's it's interesting how like a world tragedy to me elevated the whole meaning of this album, and it came out before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it it took on a whole new meaning. A whole when new the pandemic. Meaning. That's a yeah. better way to put it. Yeah. Yep. That's a that's a tribute to them for picking the right name and and making it work. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the lyrics to Brave Faces, everyone, and you know at it the could end be about the pandemic. Yeah, the 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 bridge is like because we're just so fucking tired. Yeah, it's just so we all started our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, look at the first record. The first record is called Giant Sings the Blues because Dylan I think is like six seven, and it's got like a stuffed goose on the cover, so oh, it's a little right. different as far as band vantage and bandy caps go. <laughs> He does like a play with words, though, like uh, Giant Sings the Blues. I love that. It's great. So good. Yeah. Brave Faces, everyone. Band Vantage album addition to the max. Round three. Round three. Am I up? You are up. All right. What do I have here? Queens of the Stone Age. 
which one would I pick if I was picking a Queens of the Stone Age record? Lullabies Ooh. to Paralyze. That's a good one, but no. Songs for the Deaf. Songs for the Deaf. Yep. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. They have great album titles anyway. I mean, R, rated R, Lullabies to Paralyze, Like Clockwork. Man, the list goes on. Era Vulgaris, cool, cool band names, cool album names. I mean, for, for them from Jump. But I think Songs for the Deaf being a concept album and just it elevates the entirety of the music. It, the whole thing is like a drive through the desert, right? And you're listening to the radio and you're getting different stations, getting different songs, different vibes, but all kind of desert stone or rock. And their songs for the deaf, you can't even hear them. Like, it's just, it's so good. It just fits this band perfectly. It makes you think the singles are huge, but they also fit in the concept of the album. Like, if you didn't know this band and they didn't have No One Knows on the radio or uh, Go With The Flow on the radio, you wouldn't, think that those songs were out of place where they were on the record. So that's kind of a tribute to they were able to put great songs on the radio, but also make this cohesive piece of work, artwork. So, and the name just kind of brings it there. I think it takes it to the, to the next level. So songs for the death by Queens of the stone age is my third pick. I love it. Obviously I love it. Big fan lived this album through and through even physically out in the desert, just try to, understand in true nerd fashion like how did this come to fruition like okay i'm driving through the desert i literally have it in my tape or cd deck or streaming through spotify whatever it is and gotta say like i tried to like completely relate and started to understand to an extent i think there was a lot of drugs involved that i don't partake in to to get this to come to full circle but man it is the album name the band name queens of the stone age is a killer fucking name for a band uh, let alone songs for the deaf which is so perplexing as a album name <laughs> that I think it draws you in just based on that. And then when you play it, you understand it. The name very much so represents the album a hundred percent. So I agree. Great, great pick, great band, great album, great cover. Uh, yeah. It's a masterpiece. This is one of those situations where Nate was trying to get me into this band so hard for so long and I, I fought it. So I did do it to him too. Yeah. It's not just, it's not just Nate. And when I finally went and saw them live with you guys, which we've talked about, I think way back on like episode 15 or something, uh, they blew my mind. And I was like, all right, I'll listen. And they've, I've been one of my favorite bands ever since. So props to you, Nate, for wearing me down. <laughs> so the moral of the story is just keep trying. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? They'll, they'll come around late. And at that point, they will, the band will have already broken up and they can't see them live and you can rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. oh, yeah. The bucket list episode. It'll be relived in that regard. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is an album like Recovering the Satellites where you've heard it a million times, but I've never stopped to think of like, all right, well, why did they, you know, even think about the meaning of it, not once for me, or why they named it that. And like the title track is what, the real song for the deaf? Is that what it? Uh, yeah. Yep. And how, how does that play into the, the name of the album? It's a song for the deaf. Yep. It's like very. Uh, oh, what did I say? What did I say? The real song. I think it's a song for the. Oh, deaf. a song for the deaf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's a woman talking about it, and then it's just kind of this doomy, undertony into this like soundscape. So it it fits. It gets you in the vibe. Yeah, totally. Yep. Man, and you're right. That's a that's a band that. Jeez, are they like the goats of album titles? They might be, man. There's so many good albums. Damn, when you think about it, Light Clockwork is fucking gold. So good. 
Villains was the most recent. Uh, Lullabies to Paralyze, great name for a record, and and fits them. Like the the thing is, like they pick things that fit them too. It's not just that's a cool name. Let's use it. This also f- kind of fits our vibe and fits our aesthetic. Yeah. Rated R, my favorite T-shirt I own was the Rated R T-shirt. <laughs> nice. I remember wearing that to somewhere. I don't remember where I was, and somebody looked at me, and they had no idea who Queens of the Stone Age was, and they saw the R on my chest, and they were like, yeah, man, I'm sometimes rated R, too. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, go listen to that record. You'll you'll get it. I love when that happens. You get the random comments, whether it's a nod that they, you know, someone approves of it, or it's yeah. someone making a joke. Yeah, that was not so fun. Good. The nod is the best because it's like true nerdery. You're like, nod, like, ah, oh, nice nice rancid shirt or nice deftones shirts like hell yeah man hey deftones jacket (laughs) i like that yeah yeah and like they know that you don't really want to be bothered so it's just a nod you know yeah nerd speak it's like if you own a harley davidson you do the whole like yeah the jeep wave you know the jeep wave yeah i did that i used to do that yeah i know that actually i didn't understand but you shouldn't have been doing that in your you know ford bronco (laughs) right exactly (laughs) All right, we have that's is that three a piece? Uh, no, I got no. I got a third one. All right, Nate, let's let's hear it, man. All right, so I had one, and I'm gonna cross it out for a new one. Staying in the prog rock category, I originally had Pink Floyd, uh, Dark Side of the Moon, which I guess I guess at this point I'm just gonna say it's a, a honorable mention because I'm gonna swap it out for Tool Fear Inoculum, based on our conversation on timing, because this album dropped on august 30th 2019 when things were relatively stable pandemic had not started but fear as a i don't know a mainstream media tool was pretty present uh whether you're paying attention or not you know fast forward to pandemic and I, I i'm not even being political i'm just saying like it's a scary time it still is fear inoculum is such an amazing album name mm-hmm. for a band tool that already has a perfect band name in, in its simplicity keeping it simple is i think tools way of saying yeah like album cover album name i mean the album cover artwork's always amazing but listen to the music and you know the name of the album and the band name will speak for itself and i think this album definitely fits that and uh with the whole pandemic and it's not even really the pandemic i think fear inoculum is transferable to just so many things armageddon climate change you know what you can kind of staple it to anything there's just so much things that people are saying oh watch out for the boogeyman on this too it's like oh shit i guess i should or i can just live my life so i'm gonna call this a uh, band vantage just based on the fact that tool hadn't put it at an album in such a long time they finally delivered and it's fear inoculum tool and as always with the band Tool, you're fully immersed in whatever their message is. And uh, it fits, as usual, uh, to this this newest album that dropped uh, in 2019. Great, great pick. I, I had this written down. Uh, I was, wow, was nice. going to be an honorable mention type thing for me too. But Nate and I were on the same page tonight, apparently. And, and that, that record, the name is perfect. It did drop about six months too early for <laughs> – which – to say a Tool album dropped six months too early is kind of a funny statement in its own because <laughs> right. well, it was 14 years between records, but yeah, should have delayed right, a little bit longer. <laughs> they were prescient. They were they were uh, ahead of their time. They were clairvoyant, nerdvoyant, as it were. Like it's yeah, it fit what we were going to see from the world six months later, and it's kind of wild that they were. They're always kind of on it anyway with stuff like that, but. Not that they need elevation from album titles, but this one does elevate them. I mean, they're already they're already a band that 
was going to get noticed and listened to and dissected and and you could do it for years and still not get every little piece that you could find out of it that's the kind of the best part about that band but this fits very very perfectly for this band vantage uh, category Nate great call we've done enough and now uh done enough albums tonight where I feel like I've historically taken album titles for granted like I don't I, I acknowledge that oh that's cool but I don't question the why you know or put in the context of the time because that that's a big part of it you know brave faces everyone fear inoculum you know uh cool album title i never even stopped to like really pay much attention to it you know and i've listened to the album it's just i don't know that's what we do here i think we just shine light on on maybe things that were right under our noses and never really thought about i mean you guys certainly have it sounds like with this album but i never even thought about all right well what does that mean you know and, and how does the context of the time play into it that's easy to do. There's a million things coming at us every day. And I do that with other stuff. And you guys have brought it to my attention. I'm like, oh man, I never even thought about it that way. And now I think about it that way because we do this every week. So yeah. that's kind of been one of those things that I know hundred, hundred and two, whatever episodes right. of this has been pretty fucking badass. And even yeah. even age or maturity, like we've talked about this in the past. I didn't know what take off your pants and jacket was. I didn't even know that was a joke until years yeah. later. You know, it's just, yeah. it takes these conversations to kind of flush that stuff out. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Totally. No, it's an exercise. Like this whole, I mean, I changed this last minute and it was already kind of in my head, but I, to be honest, I tried to avoid it just because I don't know. I, I tried to go for bands that I don't usually pick. Uh, Tool is one that comes up quite a bit. I'm seeing them soon. Uh, or I actually just saw them. And, uh, you know, the title track is time Pierre. travel, time travel, Nate. Don't do <laughs> it. Travel. Don't let them know. Don't let them know. <laughs> time travel. Uh, Fear Inoculum is the kickoff track. Maynard is a winemaker as well. And, you know, working wineries, inoculating wine is, is, is a process. So I think there's some crossover there. But like I you mean, said, va vaccines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pre vaccine <laughs> pandemic bullshit. They were talking about fucking vaccines. I know. It's like, this, it's amazing that they were on it that much. But if you play the the album to kind of revert it to present as a backdrop, I think we talked about this in like the height of the pandemic version one, at least with like, uh, what was it? Say Nine Inch Nails, the fragile during the pandemic is a good backdrop. This is a great backdrop to like, if you play CNN today and play Fear Inoculum, it's like, because Fear Inoculum as a track eases in and it just gets worse and worse. And you're like, oh shit. So it's almost like I remember watching TV and just seeing like the, the death count just stack up and you're like, okay, this is Fear Inoculum. Like, get scared shit's getting real it's like fuck why am i even watching this right now so there's a lot of rewinding in terms of visuals that i get with this album and, and based on the album title but like you said twan it never occurred to me until we did this exercise to kind of reiterate in my head like what does this album mean why is it significant now and why is it valid for this topic all right i'll go my last one here yeah all right so last one this is an album that turns 20 this year in 2022. And this is another one where when you factor in the context of the time and, you know, the time the band spent leading up to the album, and then this album comes out and it's this title, it really does elevate it. So this is a, this band's major label debut on Universal Records. It's their second album. It came out five years after their debut full length, which was on uh, Victory Records. The album is called Perseverance, and the band is Hatebreed. Simple, one word, uh, but that's all they needed. A band that sounds like Hatebreed 
shouldn't be on a major label. It's, it's just it's counterintuitive. You know, like how how are they going to market Hatebreed in a world where you know new metal is still popping? But I think Perseverance works. The five year gap between albums, they land on a major. This is just post nine eleven, right? So there's you know this rallying across the country and then there's a song on the album i forget the name of it that references um you know the people that lost their lives in 9-11 and so this adds that backdrop to it and i think it elevates it you know because they could have gone i mean most of their stuff is very positive they could have gone kind of a negative connotation with this album and maybe it would have hit different but perseverance i love it love the title track perseverance against all opposition crushing all limitations Pure strength through solitude. Just hate breed fucking gloriness. I love it. I love that in doing this, I've learned. I mean, I, I didn't know much about hate breed prior to us talking weekly. I knew of them. I didn't love the name. I thought it was maybe a bandy cap, that type of deal. But in hearing you talk about them and now knowing more, way more than I did before, they're way more positive than people give them credit for, right? Oh, I mean, it's very, very yeah, positive. I don't know. I mean, don't don't judge a book by its cover, right? I guess a bandy cap doesn't necessarily mean that things are bad. And then this is a great way to kind of introduce that. This record name, this album name is perfect as far as what they do and it elevates what they do. It's it's just go listen to that and figure out that they're they're not the negative thing that you think they are because they're heavy, because they have a, a name that might sound, you know, hate is at the front of it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's not that at all. And they they leaned into the positivity thing bigly. Like there on the first album, they have a line, "When I wake up, the real nightmare begins." Like that's they kind of left that in the past. And you know, perseverance is very positive, and you know, smashing your enemies and all that stuff, mm-hmm. which is yeah. which is positive, right? Positive, yeah. You want to smash your enemies? We we totally do. We all do it every day, right? No, it's very much so a, a band you can't judge on you know by the cover. You know, I have a logo. It's like a logo that's like on fire. So there's already like, what is this? It says hate breed. That's not a good thing. And then you see an album in the record store that says supremacy. You're like, okay, is this like a neo-Nazi thing? What's going on here? <laughs> um, but if you listen to the music, like you said, it's actually the exact opposite. And I think that's the coolest thing that it's polar opposite to what your first initial thought is. It's and Jamie Joss says, you know, very positive guy. The band's positive. The music's great. The shows are amazing. It's like the 311 of metal, you know? So yeah, you couldn't have said it better. I think it's a, a misrepresented band, at least on a first initial thought. But I think that that adds value to the band because you don't, you know, if you know, and if you don't, then you're missing out. So, yeah. right, totally. But perseverance, I love it. I have a perseverance tour uh, poster on my on my wall. It was an eBay pickup. I didn't I didn't go to the tour. I'm a I'm a poser, but. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you had a perseverance <laughs> tattoo and I was going to be like, wow, twat. Nice. Yeah, neck, neck tat. Neck Whoa, tat. didn't yeah. know. Knuckles. Big old forehead tat. Look at you. <laughs> that must be new, huh? <laughs> Eyelash tat. It's good stuff. I, I will say this. I And I'm not just pulling a Nate, just saying I'm going to do it, but I will go back and listen to these albums with different ears. Same. Totally. Nice. I will too. 2022, like I said last time turning a new a new leaf over here in terms of <laughs> I've heard that before. You'll persevere through per- with perseverance. You you put on your brave face. Keep banging on that drum and we'll get into listen at some point. I'm going to go listen to I'm going to go listen to Table Legs uh, major label debut guys. Bye. <laughs> Purple so turkey good. all day. 
purple turkey, perp turk. What was it? Alaska, Alaska? What was it? Alaska, Alaska, baby. Yeah. I didn't make up Alaska, Alaska. I tried to make up another state one to see if it would work, like Mississippi, Ippy, but I didn't <laughs> think it would work. The Maine. Yeah. That is real. The, there is the band, The Maine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there is the band. Yeah, yeah. That, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have worked. Massa, Massachusetts. The Vermont. <laughs> the Vermont sandwich. Well, that's a good place to wrap, I think. And, uh, I mean, hit us up on the socials, right? <laughs> why, why not? Everywhere you want, need, find on the internet. Go to PodiaSlave.com. We're there for all of it. You can get to pretty much anything that we do on the internet. And it's not just us talking every week. There's videos of concerts. There's, uh, you know, reels of different interviews we've had. There's all kinds of fun stuff out there. YouTube video, all that fun stuff. So just go check it out. Uh, we've continuing to add to it. And uh, as you heard in episode 100, a couple episodes back, We've got more to come. We've got more people, hopefully, to talk to. And we're just going to keep grinding this bad boy out because it's a blast for us. Yep. It's pay to play. Like Tone said, you know, we're going to the shows, Life and Limb, during a pandemic. We'll be there just for the content and the stories. So it's been real. Continue going. Cheers, all. Peace, potheads. We'll see you next week. Peace.